Okay, now the pastor's through taking up my time. Come on. There you go, Cam. Thank you. <clears throat> All right, guys. Let's, let's just pray for our, our Sunday school lesson. <laughs> Father, Lord, I, I come to you this morning, Lord, once again, just thank you for the opportunity to, to be in your house and to open your word, Lord. And now I ask you, Lord, again, that these words be your words, not my words, Lord. And, and then we can just learn something from your Bible and and that we comply to our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so we're, we're continuing on, and we've been in the, the followers of Jesus for, for some time now, and y'all will be happy to know this is the last lesson. Yeah. Uh, we went through those who followed Jesus, and then we went through the apostles, and we went through uh, went some women that followed Jesus. Now we went through the followers of Jesus, and these are all people that are named in the New Testament by name. Okay, and they may have been only named once, but they're there, and we see why. And today we're we're on uh, we're going to go through two more people that were in the Bible that that uh, were named by name and what they did with their lives for Christ. <clears throat> First guy we're going to talk about is Luke, and they also call him Lucas. Uh, so let's go to Colossians chapter four, verse fourteen, and let's start off there. <clears throat> Colossians four. Verse 14 in the Bible says, Luke, my the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Okay, so what are we looking at? We're looking at Paul here. Paul introduces us to this guy named Luke. And he and if we remember, or we'll learn about Luke. Luke is one of uh, Paul's most trusted and loved, beloved fellow laborers. That's kind of a tongue twister. But... And he's a fellow laborer in Christ, okay? And, and Paul refer, refers to Luke as the beloved physician, physician, okay? And, and we know he was a physician because the Bible tells us so, right? Um, but he was a Christian, and he, he, he was a close friend of Paul. And Luke's interest in medicine may be the reason that if you, if you read his gospel, it really focuses on Jesus' acts of healing, Okay, and maybe that's because, you know, he was a physician. <clears throat> so let's look in further on Colossians chapter 4 and verses 10 through 11. Chapter 4, verses 10 through 11, the Bible says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Bar Barnabas, touching whom you received uh, commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. And Jesus, which is called justice, who are of the circumcision, these only are my fellow workers under the kingdom of God, which have been a comfort unto me. Now let's jump to verse 14. And then it goes to Luke, the beloved physician, and Demas greet you. Okay? So what do we see here? Well, Paul's listing people that are in the ministry with him. And he's listing the first little group that we talked about. He's talking about people that were of the circumcision. And what that means is that they were Jews. Okay, they were Jews that followed Christ. And then he talks about Luke. He talks about him completely separately. Okay, this indicates that he was not of the circumcision. So Luke was probably a Gentile. Okay, he was a Gentile convert because the Jews, unfortunately, back then, they're not going to accept a Gentile preaching to them about Christ. Okay, and we've seen that in, in, in other people. Um, so, 
Let's go to Philemon chapter, or Philemon, the only chapter. Philemon verse 24. Philemon, right before Hebrews. Philemon verse 24 says, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. And this is, this is Paul referring to Luke as a fellow laborer. Okay, a fellow laborer in what? Were they ditch diggers? No, they were fellow laborers in Christ, spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then let's go to Acts. Let's jump to Acts chapter sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> Acts chapter sixteen, in, in verse six through eleven, we're going to read. <clears throat> Acts chapter sixteen, verse six through eleven. And the Bible says, "Now they, now when they had gone through." Phrygia uh, and had the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. After they were come to Mysiah, they essayed to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. And they passed by Mysia and came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia. And prayed him, saying, Come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. So what are we what is what is what is Luke telling us about here? Well, he, he's talking about that you know, Luke joined Paul and Troas in Asia Minor, and this was during Paul's second uh, second missionary journey in there in in Philippi, okay, and this is important because you're, you're going to see some other things. So let's go to Acts seventeen one. And <clears throat> we're not reading the whole chapters; we're just reading parts of them. But Acts seventeen one says, "Now, when they had passed through Ampelius and Ampollonia, they came to Thessalonica." Where was a synagogue of Jews? And if we go on, we see that Paul started preaching in that synagogue. But this is Luke. He's there. And he was, Luke was left to Philippi, but Paul went on, you know, and was preaching. Okay? So let's go to Acts 20. Acts chapter 20. And we're going to read 1 through 5. <clears throat> Acts chapter 20, 1 through 5. And this is Paul going uh, to Macedonia and Greece. And it talks about, he's still on his missionary journeys here. And it says, And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them, and departed for to go into Macedonia. And when they had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, he came into Greece. And there abode three months. And when the Jews laid wait for him, as he was about to sail to Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. And there accompanied him in Asia, uh, Sopater of Berea, and of Thessalonians, Aristarchus and Segundus, and Gaius of Derby, and Timothy of the Asia of Asia, Tychicus and Tromotheus. <clears throat> Excuse me. These going before tarried for us at Troas. For us, okay. So we see that here. Um, 
then then Luke was picked up, and, and again, he traveled with Paul on this third missionary journey. So Luke is going on these missionary journeys, and he's given us a play-by-play of, of these missionary journeys with Paul. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. So we see that, that once Paul, I mean, once Luke was... Uh, gave his life to Christ, he just, he, he went on journeys. He, he, went, he went gospel spreading. 2 Timothy 4, and let's just read verse 11. 2 Timothy 4, 11. And the Bible says, Only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me under the ministry. Only Luke is with me. So we see that Luke is here. He's still there. Other people have been, you know, dropped off in other cities to, to, to spread the word of God, but only Luke is still with him. Luke accompanied Paul on this journey to Jerusalem and to Rome and was with him during his imprisonment. Because this is when, when uh, the, the Romans go, you know what, Paul, we're going to put you in prison for a little while. Luke was there. Only Luke was with him. So let's go to <clears throat> Acts chapter 27. And we'll see how good I can do reading now. It would be nice if Cam would come help me. Come read the whole chapter. All right, we're going to read the actual whole chapter of Acts because it's hard to break this down. There's a lot in there. So you just got to follow along with me. Acts chapter 27. And the Bible says, "And, And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy... They delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named just Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. And entering into the ship of Adratium, we launched, meaning to sail, by the coast of Asia. One, Aristarchus, a Macedonian of the Seneca, being with us. And the next day we touched at Sidon, and Julius courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go in to his friends to refresh himself. Yet he's a prisoner. And when he had launched from thence, we sailed unto unto Cyprus because the winds were contrary. And when we had sailed over the sea of Sicilia and Pamphylia, we came to Myra, a city of Lycia. And there the centurion found a ship of Alexandria sailing into Italy. And we and he put us therein. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce were come over against uh, Sinundus, the wind not suffering us, we sailed under Crete over against Salmon. And hardly passing it, came unto a place which is called the Fair Havens, nigh whereunto was the city of uh, Lassia. Now, when much time was spent, And when sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the landing, lading of the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. And because the haven was not uh, condemned us to winter in, the, the more part advised to depart thence also. If by any means they might attain to Phoenix and there to winter, which is a haven of Crete and lieth toward the southwest and northwest, 
So they're sailing across these seas in a time that's not good to sail. And Paul's like, I don't think we should do that. And they didn't listen. So continue on, verse 13. And when the, south, when, the, when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purposes, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. But not long after, there arose against it a temptuous wind called Jerusalem. Uh, and when the ship was caught and could not bear up into the wind, we let her drive. And running under the certain island, <clears throat> which is called Clauda, which we had much work to come by the boat, <clears throat> which when they had taken up, they used helps under, undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksands, struck sail, and so were driven. And we, being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lighted, lightened the ship, and the third day we cast out with our hands the tackle, tackling of the ship, and when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, and no small, no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was taken away. <clears throat> so they're throwing stuff off the ship to lighten it to keep it from uh, sinking. Um, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, ye should have hearkened unto me, and not have loosed from Crete, and, and, and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good of cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that will sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. But, but when the fourteenth night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country, and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little farther, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon rocks, they cast... <clears throat> four anchors out of the stern and, and wished for the day. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under the color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, Except these abide in the ship, ye cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Wherefore, I pray you to take some meat, for this is for your health, and there shall not any hair fall from your head from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And, and when he had broken it, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. <clears throat> and we were in all the ships two hundred, threescore, and sixteen souls. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. 
And, and when it was day, they knew not the land, but they discovered a certain creek with a shore into which they were minded, if, they, if it were possible, to thrust in the ship. And when they had taken up the anchors, they committed themselves unto the sea and loosed the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward shore. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and go to land. And the, and, and the rest, some on oars and some on broken pieces of the ship, and so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to the land. Well, now, I know that was a lot to read, but it's very detailed. We needed to hear that. Okay, Paul found favor in the centurion's eyes because he was doing what? He was probably preaching while he was on that ship exactly what he was doing. He was preaching and preaching and preaching. He told them, nobody will, nobody will die on this ship if you'll just listen. Okay, so all that that we just read, we see Luke. He he wrote this, and he's very detailed of the description of his travel. He was a very detailed writer, and, and with Paul in this chapter, he indicates he was also well traveled with Paul, and he was well versed in navigation. There was a lot of stuff in there. Okay, but it 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 is we see that Paul was with. I mean, Luke was there. And with Paul during all this. And it's, after Luke's life, we don't really know the end of it. We don't know what happened to him. The Bible doesn't tell us. All it tells us is that he got saved and he started preaching. He stuck by Paul. And he stuck by Paul. And he stuck by Paul, right? And he served Jesus Christ his whole life. But if we look at history, now history says that he died a martyr, maybe being hung on an olive tree in Greece. Okay? And there's another account that just says he died of old age, just the age of 84. And we don't really know. It's not really important because he served Christ, right? He followed Jesus. We do know that Luke was a Gentile physician, and he heard the preaching of Jesus Christ somewhere. He gave his life to Christ, and he wrote part of the New Testament, and he followed Jesus until his death. Okay? Let's look at one more guy. Let's look at a guy named Mark. He's also called John Mark and Marcus. So let's go to Acts 12. Acts 12. <coughs> Actually, Acts 12, 12. Acts 12, <coughs> excuse me, Acts 12, 12, and the Bible says, And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. So we're introduced right here to this guy named John Mark. Uh, he, he's often just called Mark. Uh, he's the author of the gospel of Mark. <clears throat> so that's a hint, you know. He was a Jewish convert to Christianity, and, and he's only found mentioned in the book of Acts. Okay, when the church, the early church was being founded. That's when he's really, he's really talked about, okay? And, and Mark was first mentioned right here as a son of a woman named Mary, not the mother of Jesus, not Mary Magdalene, um, just Mary. And, and Mary is important because it says that in her house in Jerusalem, the church 
use that as a place to meet and pray, to gather and pray. Christians gathered in this woman's home. So, bless you. So, if Christians are gathering in the home and this lady's letting them in there, she knew Christ. And then her son, John Mark, came to know Christ. And we see how Christ spreads through her family, and we'll see this, right? So, how about today? Would we let people meet in our home to pray and gather and, and discuss the Bible? That's like a Bible study, right? That's like an early church forming. Okay? Pretty important. So let's go to Colossians 4.10. <coughs> Colossians 4.10. And let's find out about this guy. He's pretty interesting. I, I actually like this guy. He's uh, He's got a good, a good testimony. So Colossians 4.10, the Bible says, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barabbas, touching whom ye receive commandments. If he come unto you, receive him. So what do we see right here? Well, we're talking about Marcus, Mark, right? We see that he's uh, Barabbas' cousin. Okay, so so we see that Mary got saved somehow. She's starting to let Christians come into her home, meet there, discuss the word of God, and pray. Okay, Barabbas, he had a family connection. He was saved. We know he did a lot. He did a lot for the gospel, right? Well, here's John Mark. He was in that same home. Look how the gospel can spread through a family. If one person gets saved and they're seriously saved and, and they start teaching their family members about Christ and about their salvation, it will spread. Okay, If you get saved and just keep it in your own little world and you go to church and you can carry your Bible and your family will look at you like you're a nut. Okay, But if you preach to your family, they will get saved. Okay, And it's not more than just preaching, but it's sharing the Bible with them, sharing your, God, sharing, sharing your testimony, but praying for them. Constantly. Remember, we've learned that. Pray constantly. So Acts, let's go on to Acts. Acts chapter 12, 1225. So we see a family that somebody got saved in, and it spread, right? So Acts chapter 12, verse 25. And the Bible says, And, and Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem, and when they had fulfilled their journey, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. So we're looking at this guy again. Here's Mark. So we see Mark is, is mentioned yeah. as a companion to, to Paul, that's Saul, Paul and Barnabas during their missionary journeys. So he's there. He's going with them. So Mary had church in her home. Her son Mark here heard the gospel, okay, and must have got saved at some point because now he's going on missionary journeys, okay? He's going out there helping them spread the word of God, right? So let's look at Acts 13, 4 through 5. And you think about it, that's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what the Great Commission tells us. Jesus Christ told us to go out and spread the word to everybody, every creature. Just preach, 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 and spread the gospel. He's doing what he was told to do, but let's see how it goes for him. So Acts uh, 13, 4 through 5. Let's read that real quick. The Bible says, So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were 
at Salmas, they preached the word of God in the synagogue of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. So here we see again, here's old Mark, right? He's a helper to Paul and uh, Barnabas on their first missionary journey. They're preaching in a synagogue, and he's there. I don't know what he's doing. doesn't say he's preaching, but he's there. He's helping. But more importantly, he's hearing the word of God, right? He's hearing it. So let's see what this guy does. Let's go to Acts chapter 15, verse 38. Because <coughs> right now he's a young Christian. He's learning, right? Acts 15, 38. Let me get the right page. There we go. Acts 15, 38. But Paul thought not good to take with, with him, take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. Who are we talking about here? Well, we're talking about old Mark again. He didn't stay with them through the whole trip. We see that. So he was there, but Paul, I mean, Mark deserted Paul and Barabbas, and he left them in, 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 in Pamphylia, and he left the work. So he was in his mom's home, heard preaching. They went on a missionary journeys. He went with them. But at some point, he's on a missionary journey, and he just goes, I'm going home. And he left. He just walked away. He walked away from the missionary journey, right? So let's see what happens to him. <clears throat> so let's look at Acts 13. Acts 13 and 4 through 13. Acts 13, 4 through 13. Let's read this. So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salmas, they preached the word of God in the synagogues to the Jews, and they also had John to their minister. And when they had gone through the Isle of Patmos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Barjesus, which was with the deputy of the country, uh, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. So they're in this country. A government official wants to hear the word of God, but there's a guy there named Bar Jesus that's a sorcerer, okay? And he's going to try to mess it up. So let's look at this. Verse 8, But Emmaus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, O full of all subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Sounds like that guy was a false prophet trying to deceive people, right? So let's go on. And now, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now when Paul and his company loosed from Pathos, they came to per Perga into Pamphylia, and John, departing from them... Return to Jerusalem. Okay? So the Bible does not say why Mark deserted them. It just says that he was there. 
and then he left. Okay? But his departure came right after uh, uh, this time in Cyprus, and it was not a very fruitful time. Okay? Uh, and if we read it, only one, there's only one recorded conversion in Cyprus at this time. And we see that this guy, Bar-Jesus, was being used by Satan. So there was a, some heavy, heavy demonic oppression going on, right? They were fighting that word of God. Did really, Satan did not want it to get out there, right? And it's likely that Mark, he was, like I said, he was a young Christian. Maybe he saw all this, right? And maybe it kind of discouraged him, or maybe it scared him, or, or I don't know what happened. But at some point, he decided it was much more difficult to do this missionary journey and keep this preaching going on. You know, and he's like, maybe I'm just going to go back home and, you know, lay on my couch and, and play Xbox. So he did that. He left, right? He took off. He did not want to continue spreading the word of God. And we don't know why, but we know that they went through some tough times right before he left, right? So let's go to Acts chapter 15. But hang on. So, so about this. So he, he's a young Christian, a new Christian. He's out. He's going with, the, you know, the preachers. He's going with the big dogs, right? He's going out there, and he's watching them preach, and he's helping them, and he's doing things, and then they come under demonic oppression, and they come up against a fight, right? And he leaves. How many of us do that with our witnessing? We might witness to talk about God to people in here, but do we go out in the world and talk about God to people? And if we do, if we come up against oppression, because you're going to come up against oppression, people are going to call you a nut, they're going to question your doctrine. That's why you need to know your Bible. Do we, would we run like John Mark did? Would we go home and play Xbox? Or PlayStation, I guess. So think about that. But let's go to Acts chapter 15. 15:36. Acts chapter 15, verse 36 says, And after some days, uh, I'm sorry, and some days after, Paul said unto Barabbas, let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. Okay, so we see that sometime later, here's Paul and Barabbas, they're going to return to their first journey. And, and I mean, sorry, they return from their first journey. And Paul said, let's go back to those churches we've already planted, to those brothers in Christ we've already we've talked to and, and we've, we've got them started. These are young Christians you know, they're working and, and they're learning the word. Let's go back to those cities and see how everybody's doing, okay? And that's what we need to do. You can't just preach the word of God to somebody, get them saved, and just cut them loose. Because the world is going to roll them over. You've got to keep building them up, right? So let's see what happens. So let's go to Acts chapter 15 again in verse 37 through 39. Let's just go down a few verses. <clears throat> And the Bible says, and, and Barabbas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. So he's back. Okay? He's back. Remember what he did. Now look at Paul. But Paul thought not good to take him with them. Who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work? So Barabbas, remember his, this is his cousin. He's like, let's take him. He, he's back. He's finished playing Xbox. He's back with us. Let's take him. And Paul's like, nope, he deserted us once. Yeah. He ain't going to do that to me again. Okay, so they got into a, a, a discussion, right? So let's read, uh, let's keep reading. Let's look at verses, uh, 
um, hang on, verse, where am I at? Verses 40 and 41. So Paul, like I said here, Paul is, is they're discussing this, and Barabbas wants to take him. Paul says, no, nah, I'm not taking a quitter with me. Paul wants somebody dependable that's going to stick through the thick and thin, right? And, and so, you know, there's a disagreement that's going to start. We're going to see this. And, and it wound up separating Barabbas and Paul. So let's look at this. Verses 40 and 41, the Bible says, And, and Paul chose Silas and departed, being recommended by the brethren uh, unto the grace of God, and went through Syria and Sicilia, confirming the churches. So Paul went on and did what he was going to do, right? He said, I'm going to go back to these churches and make sure they're doing okay. But he took Silas because he didn't want to take old John Mark because he said he's a quitter. He, he already deserted me once. But Barabbas took Mark with him and went to Cyprus. And, and like I said, Paul took Silas. They went through Syria and Sicilia. And they went to, it says, to encourage believers, okay? They're going to do what? They're going to go back to these churches and strengthen them and preach in them again and revive them and encourage them, maybe have tent meetings. They're going to make sure these churches are not being infiltrated, okay, and, and having their doctrine mixed up. They're keeping it pure, right? So let's go to um, <clears throat> Acts chapter 36. I'm 436. Barnabas? Eh. One or the other. Acts 4.36. And the Bible says, And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barabbas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. So we see here, what are we looking at? So remember, they split now. They're going separate ways, right? But... Barabbas it was called the son of consolation. What does that mean? The son of encouragement. Okay, He was there to encourage. That's what he wanted. And he, he wanted to forgive Mark for deserting, right? <coughs> he wanted to forgive that failure. And he wanted to give Mark another chance. Okay, And it's a good thing he did. Because we see what Mark does. We'll see in a little bit. So however, we saw that Paul had a more realistic view of this, right? He, he considered the early church's missionary work required somebody that was truly dedicated, okay? And he said he, it's got to be somebody that has a, some resolve to them and, and, and somebody that has endurance because it's not easy out here preaching, right? You're preaching the Word of God to people that's never heard it and they don't believe it, and you've got to convince them that Jesus Christ is his Savior. You've got to teach them because what's the alternative? They reject it and go to hell. It's serious work, right? So he wants some serious people, okay? So Paul saw Mark as a risk, their mission. He said, ah, he'll, just, he'll just flake out again, you know? Well, because of this disagreement, we saw that the missionary work was split into two groups, Paul and his group and Barabbas and his group. They took off, right? Well, what happened when that happened? Think about it. You think, oh, it's terrible. You know, they split. But now they have twice the missionaries go to twice as many places. God just doubled the amount of missionaries going to different places. Instead of just going to one place, they split up, right? So now they have, you know, twice the amount of gospel being spread out there. Was that God's plan? Yeah. Probably. God gets what he wants, right? So let's go to uh, Philemon. Philemon, verse 24. Finally, I'm in verse 24. 
Okay, so finally, in verse 24, says, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my fellow laborers. So Mark, or Marcus, sails off to Cyprus with his cousin, uh, Barnabas, but that is not the end of the story. Years later, we see he is with Paul, and he calls him my fellow laborer. So somehow he got back into the good graces of Paul, maybe because he had some endurance now, maybe because he was a young Christian that grew up, okay? He grew up, and he continued the Word of God, because when he went home, guess what he heard? Remember, he was in Mary's house, where she had the Christians meeting and preaching and praying. He didn't get away from the Word of God. He tried to run away, but he couldn't, okay? So let's go to 2 Timothy 4.11. 2 Timothy 4.11. 2 Timothy 4.11. And the Bible says, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. This is that Mark that deserted, right? Take Mark. And see what he says. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Wow. Wow. Here's Mark. He grew up, right? So we see this is near the end of Paul's life. He sends a request to Timothy from a Roman prison. Okay? He's in prison. And he tells him what? He says, bring Mark with you. Mark the deserter. Mark the one that just took off. But he's back. And he's preaching strong. And he's serving God. He said, bring him with me with you. Is it because he wanted to, you know, throw rocks at him? No, it's because he says, Paul said, because he's profitable to me for the ministry. This is the Paul that wouldn't take him. Remember, he said, ah, he's a little flaky. Okay? So obviously Mark had matured enough through the years, right? And what did he mature through? He matured through hearing the word of God. Yeah. He listened. And people preached to him, and they prayed for him. I guarantee you his mama was praying for him. He became a faithful servant of the Lord. And Paul recognized his progress, and he considered him now. Remember, he was a deserter who he wouldn't take with him. Now he considers him a valuable companion. Valuable companion. And, you know, I'm sure you know people that were saved in a church. Maybe they drifted. Maybe they deserted like Mark. But if they're true Christians, they're going to come back because God's not going to leave them alone. He's going he's to hurt them, you know? It says, you know, it's like we spank our children. You walk away from God. See what happens, okay? You're going to be a most miserable person, right? So God brought Mark back into, into the ministry, and he served, and he served well, and he served to the end of his life. And there's a book. Wow, in the New Testament, named Mark. So he didn't just run away, right? So obviously Mark had matured through the years, and, and Mark wrote the gospel that bears his name, right? And according to history, we, we don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened to him, but the history says that he died a martyr uh, in Alexandria. And, and Mark was a Jew who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. He backslid at some point, but he came back even stronger as a, as a stronger Christian. He wrote a book of the New Testament, he spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. He planted churches, and, and, and he gave his life to Christ until the day he died, okay? 
What greater testimony could a Christian have? Look at Mark's testimony, guys. He didn't just get saved and serve. He got saved, he served, he failed, he disappeared, he deserted, but he came back stronger and harder. You know, and he had to get right with God because he walked away. And that's the way we should be. If we slip, get back. Okay? Because if not, God's going to chastise you. So now, today, we've learned of 119 people who, who God chose to list by name in the Bible. 119 people. And of those 119, we looked at two. Y'all remember them? Judas and Demas that didn't follow Jesus. Okay? So if we're looking at that, that's 98% of the people that heard the word of God, that were in the early church times, they followed God till the end of their lives. They followed Jesus, and they're named in this Bible because of that, okay? So they gave their lives to Christ, right? And, and the rest of the people that heard this gospel of Jesus Christ, they accept him as their Savior. Uh, they spent the rest of their lives spreading this gospel, right? And we've read about them and, and, and what they did when they followed Christ, right? 2,000 years ago, they did this. They built this church. Okay, and the Bible has their testimonies here, as we've heard. But think about this. Today, every one of those people, except for, you know, Judas and Demas, every one of those people are in heaven with Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior that they served on this earth. Okay, and we know some of them didn't die nicely, right? Just old age in a nursing home. They followed, but they got their eternal reward. They got that promise that God gives us, if we serve him and follow him, when we die, it's not the end. We get to go spend eternity with him in heaven, okay? And that is a wonderful reward. Okay, let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I, I come to you once again today just to thank you for this this moment, just to open your, your Bible and hear about two more people that followed you, and, and then just to look at all the people that followed you that, that got their names you know, forever recorded in your word, Lord. And I ask you just to continue to be with us today as, as we continue to hear more preaching, Lord, and, and we continue to worship you, Lord. And, and, Lord, I ask you just to change hearts and change minds and change lives today, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.